Many people are seeking techniques for meditation. And in my experience, the use of techniques is an avoidance of the real issue that meditation is about. It is said in every religious or spiritual path that only the pure in heart can see God. And that's the only true technique of meditation is the purification of the heart. When the heart is pure, the meditation is effortless. We are reunited with God because what that purity is, is love for God. And the love draws us into union. But when the heart is not pure, then the heart magnetically has the wrong pole toward God and it will repel God. And so the soul has to simply have that true desire for God. And that true desire means to be willing to let go of what the ego is holding on to, which is that which is non-God, which is anti-God, anti-love, anti-light, anti-giving. And it's that impurity that makes us engage in chatter, meaningless, banal chatter, during these sacred meditations rather than surrendering our mind and our full attention to God. So this is a giving of ourselves to God to be cleansed and to be refreshed and reunited with the source of our being. But because in the source of our being lies the ultimate conscience, the ultimate knower who recognizes that in us which has failed to live up to our true being, to live authentically, We hide from the very source that we need to be sustained by. And that's what creates the difficulties in meditations. Not the lack of some great technique or perfect mantra or breathing exercise. It's nothing like that. It's simply that we cannot rest in our being because of a bad conscience. Because we're living in bad faith in some way. Now, in Christianity, it's very interesting. A great Christian theologian was asked, which is the higher state, that of mystical union with God or that of martyrdom? And this theologian, who was himself a mystic, said, martyrdom is the higher state. This is very interesting. We have to understand that martyrdom is not the same as victimhood. Today they're confused. People say, oh, I'm a martyr. But they don't mean that. They mean I'm a victim. Martyrhood is the refusal to be a victim. It's the refusal to engage in egoic games in which you may look like a martyr, in which you may try to be holier than thou or self-righteous, and you'll get hurt as a result of that. And that hurt will justify then one's not truly opening one's heart to the mystical state of union with God. So martyrdom and mysticism are very closely entwined because martyrdom is the willingness to live life fully, authentically, in the midst of non-love, in the midst of adversity, in the midst of not being recognized. It, It is that courage that enables one's ego to die 
at every moment so that the light can be born within one. A marriage is a martyrdom. No? (laughs) Everyone who's ever been married knows that. But too many people turn it into a victimization. And then they have a power struggle. Because when you get married, you want the other person to be a martyr to you, but you didn't expect that you would have to be a martyr as well. But the ultimate martyrdom is the creation of a spiritual community. To be egoless with others who are still in egos, even though in process, but because we are all works in progress, there is always, at every moment, the need to let go of a reflexive response that would bring out a chakra three reaction or a chakra two attraction and see the other as a body rather than as God incarnate or a chakra one reaction of hiding, isolating, refusing to give and share one's divine essence. And so in every moment it is necessary to be a martyr to the ego's refusal to love and rejection of the need to accept pain and turn the other cheek and give love back when it is not given. But it is that that overcomes the ego in this world of Kali Yuga. And it is only when we're willing to be martyrs in the phenomenal plane that then we will have the reward of the mystical union with God because it is that very karma yoga action that purifies the soul. and then receives the strength of God in the meditative state. So the two go together. There can be no karma yoga, there can be no raja yoga without the karma yoga. And those two can only be coordinated if there is jnana yoga, if you really understand and have the skillful means of responding with higher chakra, wisdom, love, compassion, words of truth that do not hurt but go beyond the egoic shell and open the shell and bring the kernel out, bring the essence into manifest form within the other and within oneself to have the courage to expose one's own heart and bring out the essence of one's love, knowing that the heart cannot be stolen, it cannot be hurt. Once you are in union with God, there is no danger to the heart. And so it is this that tests us and purifies us and refines us in our spiritual journey. And without the community giving us that constant feedback, we don't know where we are. And we can't refine the essence. We can't remove the shell. But we can fool ourselves into thinking we have done it if we are not in communal interaction. So the two are part of the same act of self-redemption. But in the meditative state, because we have poured out in the day that power of love in the creation of something that transcends the ego, then we can, with a very pure heart, return to God for more fuel to go on with the project of building heaven on earth. So the two go together in a very important integrated way and support each other. But in the meditative state, we must touch into that part within us that is pure, that is inherently always eternally pure. Because the ego believes that it doesn't have 
an essence that is pure, that is godlike. It believes that it has been tainted by the world. It has been contaminated. But there is a part of you that has never been touched by that contamination and has no identification with any projections from outside or any egoic belief or limitation. And we must go into that essence and rest in that place because that is the place where we are already one with God. Nothing needs to be achieved and therefore no technique is necessary. That essential core of the self is a manifestation of the Supreme Self. It does not have to join with God because it is already one with God. But we have to join with our true self and leave behind the inauthentic false self that we have been living in. And that false self is where all the vexation is, where all the anxiety is, all the fear, all the depression and hopelessness, all the sense of unworthiness, all of that we must leave behind to become one with the real self. And in that we will regain the power to live an authentic life from our real center. And then everything will change. And we will be able through the martyrdom of life, of the refusal to play the game, of pretend, pretending we are the ego, and of enmeshing in unhealthy ways with others, we will learn the power of God in the world. So let's find that power within and then express it in our lives by taking courageous actions to live our truth. And then we will be refreshed and given ever more power to continue on ever greater levels to bring that power into a world which is hungry for it. <laughs>